Hello everybody, welcome once again to Lifehouse Church Spiritual Warfare Podcast. David Thomas is here with me. Say hello, David. Hi everybody, how are you all doing? Oh man, David and I, we've had a tough time getting into the zone today, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is, it is. Had to shake off all other, because I've had a hectic morning and so has David, so it's just been a bit... I've had a good morning and a bad morning. Yeah, mine's yeah. just been rushed. Yeah. So mine's neither good or bad, it's just rushed. Yours was up yeah. and down, right? Yeah. 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 What we left you with last week was a question, David, about the exact objective of war what is what are we doing when we go to war what is the okay. objective of what is war? the what, what okay what is the aim of war for you you throw throw something out here what is the aim of war to defeat the enemy uh-huh to uh free people you go to war to free people um i don't know okay the aim of war is invincibility really all right invincibility <laughs> And victory without battle. Uh, okay, yes. Alright, so if you can become invincible in every battle you fight, if you win a battle and you in, in the highest form is to win that battle without even fighting. Mm. That's the aim of war. That's the aim of war. To win without fighting. To win without fighting. Yeah, see, when, when you say the word war, I always just assume there's going to be fighting. Yeah. Just straight away because war just has that connotation for me. But what you're saying is wars are decided in the, the beforehand beforehand before you even yeah. get into battle it's decided yeah cool um so what we're going to be talk what are we going to be talking about today All david right. effectively we're looking at the if you had to ask me a question and say what to use the most important aspect of spiritual warfare what is what what is the number one thing now there's so many important things mm. to consider like we just did chapter one, five factors, five important considerations before you go into battle. Mm-hmm. Now, this is chapter two. Recruit, this is chapter two. Recruitment and training. And training. Yeah. And if you had to come to me and say, hey, what is the most important thing about spiritual warfare? I would have to say it is the relationship you have with God. Right. And that can seem like a bit of a thing that's a concept that when you talk about this sort of thing, it can seem very removed from spiritual warfare. Yeah. Your you your relationship with God is just background knowledge. Spiritual yeah. warfare is different. But what you're saying is it's the most important part. It is, it is yeah. the most important. Because how often and how often do people when they when they want to learn about spiritual warfare, they want to rush off and talk about okay, let's talk about the enemy, let's talk about demons, let's talk about how how, how mm. to defeat them, let's talk about our weapons. Yes. All right? But what I do is I take you back to the foundation. God and you. That is the most important aspect as far as I'm concerned with regards to warfare. And, and, and you can trace this and you can pick this up through a number of scriptures in the Bible which we've, we've already alluded to. You've got the um, submit yourself to God, then resist the devil. Mm. Humble yourself before the Lord, then resist the devil. What does that say? Go into that, study that, and it's, it's, it, for me, it's my relationship with God. Mm. All right. Now the Bible tells me I need to know God. Knowledge, get to know God. The word knowing God, the connotation of that word is intimacy. Yeah. I need to have an intimate relationship with God. Now, if we had to analyze relationships, okay, you've got a, a relationship is between people. Yes. Let's let's just talk about a relationship between myself and God. All right. 
there's three aspects to that relationship. There's me and who I am. There's God, who He is. And there's that interpersonal relationship between God and myself. Hmm. Now, we need to understand that dynamic and we need to know where we stand with regards to that dynamic before we even go and talk about the devil. Yeah. Now, remember old Sun Tzu says, know yourself, know the enemy, and you won't have to worry about the outcome of a battle. Yes. I've said, know God and yourself. Know the enemy and you won't have to worry about the outcome of a battle. And it's important to note that you put know God and know yourself before know your enemy, right? That's, That's right. important, yeah. That's it's crucial. And so if, there, if there's anything you need to, if, if, if there's any highlight that you want to underline, put a bracket around, highlight it, bring it out, is this. Get to know the dynamics of the relationship and the fellowship that exists between you and God. That is, I, I cannot emphasize that enough. Yeah. And it's what you, yeah, what you're talking about is not, and I think this is something that's really important, is not knowledge of God. Because a person can read the Bible back to front, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for a whole year, but still not intimately know God. And that is, it's having a relationship with God. Well, knowledge of His Word is super important. Knowing Him intimately is far far more important right well would you say the devil knows god yeah i agree with you (laughs) he does know god yeah but is there a relationship and is there a fellowship between no no, there's not there's no fellowship there's not there's nothing that exists between them Mm. so i agree with you you know it's 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 one thing to have a head knowledge it's another thing to have an intimate relational knowledge with god and 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 that is the crucial factor of spiritual warfare uh, with regards to that relationship that you are that you are having with God, there's a couple of things that you need to know, and obviously in one podcast of 25 minutes, I'm not going to get into the depth of it. Yes, but one of the key factors is you need to begin to understand what God thinks of you. Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. That that is crucial. What does God think of me? Because mm. This is where we get all bent out of shape and this is where we get all religious because we do not understand the dynamics that exist between God and His perception of who I am Hmm. and what He's done for me, through me, in me and what He sees and views me as. Yes. We've talked about that in a previous podcast. You know, I am nothing but a sinner. But, you know, not confessing that over yourself but confessing the attitude of, you know, I am son of the most high God mm. you know he has an in, he wants an intimate relationship with me there's nothing more huge than that and that was <laughs> going back to the conference I went to that just seems to keep popping up yeah funny that um, that was something that Graham Cook was speaking about at, you know at great length he was saying when you get a, a scripture you know when you read the Bible sometimes a scripture will jump out at you or you know when you when you sit down and pray sometimes your heart will just move in a certain direction yep. He was saying, take that very seriously because that is the creator of the universe speaking to you. Because mm. too often I sort of just get a scripture from God and I read it and I say, you know, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, cool. Thanks, God. And I go about my life as normal. But I should just really start to live out of that, you know, live out of what God says about me. Well, I agree with that. And, 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 and that is so crucial because with regards to the interpersonal relationship between myself and God, there is one that exists. Okay. Now, being that it's an interpersonal relationship, I have a viewpoint of that relationship. 
and I have a viewpoint of the person I'm in relationship with, it, with what their view is of me. Mm. And so does the other person. So God has a perspective. God has a basis on which he looks at me and he sees me. And I need to begin to understand not what I think he thinks, but what he thinks yeah. he thinks of me. And we get all religious and bent out of shape when we go into that area and we do not fully interpret or extend our understanding of the love of God towards us and, and what he sees in us. And we need to really go and examine that and plumb the depths of that. Because once we understand that, mm. we, get, we, get, we get ourselves into, into some solid ground. And that's the ground we need to fight from. Mm. We mustn't fight from the ground of, well, this is what God thinks of me today. Yeah. We must fight from the ground of this is what God this is what I think God thinks of me today. We must fight from the ground of this is what God thinks of me today and you know forever. But it's almost like God doesn't even think it. He knows it. He knows it. Because he, knows he doesn't it. change. He doesn't change. He doesn't change how he sees yeah. you. He doesn't change his yeah. viewpoint on you. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Talking about the conferences, I'll Graham Cook raised a brilliant point that I, I, I want to just share with our, our listeners here and uh, it's it's regard the relationship that exists between you and God and he said something phenomenal because in the previous podcast I said there's certain aspects that we've got to understand with regards to sin sin breaks our fellowship with God mm. now oftentimes when we are relating to God we think that when we begin sinning and that severance takes place, we just get set adrift and we, we struggle and come That's back and right. try and grab hold of God. That's yes. right. Yeah, I, I often, I've often yeah. said that to you, haven't yeah. I? When I've come in here, I've said, I'm just not, I'm just not you know, pressing into God today. My, I'm not cultivating my relationship with Him today and yeah. I just feel down. And yeah. Okay, let's, let's examine the two words, the word relationship and the word fellowship. Okay, let's examine right. them. The word relationship... If you, have, if you have to go and study, uh, if you have to go and look at the definition of relationship, essentially what you're going to find is that relationship is the state or condition of being related to someone. All right? So family, that sort of thing? Yeah, so your, your relationship to Lena is based on what? Uh, marriage. Marriage vows. Marriage vows. So you're in, you're in a relationship with Lena based on marriage vows. They're, they're, you, are, you are in a relationship with your parents because there's a blood connection. Mm -hmm. There's a family connection. There's a family connection, a relationship that exists between you and your brother. Yes. All right. Now, a relationship, if you go and look at the th uh, th thesaurus. Yeah, I'm getting tongue-tied. It's, it's <laughs> an need a thesaurus. <laughs> yeah. There's an association, there's a connection, affiliation, rapport, a bond, a liaison, a link. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the, here's the interesting thing. The relationship that exists between you and God, the responsibility of the upkeep of that relationship rests with God, not you. Really? Yeah. Well, how does that, how does that work? He, it's his responsibility. He keeps the relationship. I didn't know that. All right. Now, let me give you an example. Okay, yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, go, sorry, go on before I ask too many questions about that. Give me an example. Okay, the example you can find, well, I'll give, I'll give you a phenomenal scripture. You, if you go and read Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8 is a phenomenal scripture. And in Romans 8, 28, it starts talking about that we are more than conquerors in, 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 in Christ Jesus, etc., etc. And then this is, this is what it says in verse 
from verse, I should read from verse 28, but I'm not going to do it. But I'll read from verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will then bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? It is he, God, who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who raised, who was raised up to life, is that at the right hand of, the, uh, of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? All right, the relationship that exists between you mm -hmm. and God is based on love. Who shall separate you? Now, this is now I find it hard to try and find something that will separate me here other than the sin of the, the sin against the Holy Spirit, which is apostasy, which you can find in Hebrews chapter 6. Apostasy, in my definition, is when you personally look at God. And say, I reject you. I reject all you stand for. I reject the cross. I reject my salvation. I walk away from you. Mm. Severe, severe things there. And that's referenced in the Bible as the unforgivable sin. Yeah, that's Hebrews chapter 6. Yeah. But here, here it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels, demons, present, future, nor any powers, height, depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, one of the most significant illustrations of where parables, stories that Jesus tells, where this is, this is parable of the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, you know the story of the prodigal son. Yeah, he goes off and he he, he just rejects everything. He runs off and he is he is sows his wild oats. <laughs> he is the son of a very very wealthy man, yes. a ruler. Yes. All right. Not happy being in the ruler's house in the palace. So he decides, I'm going to take everything I have and I'm going to go out somewhere else and I'm going to spend it all and have a good time because it's greener on the other side. Yeah. He ends up on a pig farm. Mm. All right. With Remember, no... I, it was, <laughs> he ends up on a pig farm. It's a horrible thing. Yeah. And and he wants to eat pig food and he can't, in, in Luke, he doesn't even get pig food to eat. He is so hungry. There's no money. No money, no friends. All his friends have deserted him. He's in a pig farm. He's facing the consequences of his decision. And, the dis and, and then he comes to his senses. He repents. He comes to his senses. He says, I've sinned against God. I've sinned against my father. I'm going to go home. All right. And now I'm going to ask my father if he can take me on as a servant. Yeah, because he wants, he doesn't want to, it's almost like he has to concoct a reason to go back. Like he's like, my father's not going to take me back because yeah. I've done this to him. Mm. He has to come up with like a little plan to sort of get okay. back into his good graces. Now, before we go back into that story, let's examine the word fellowship. All right. Fellowship is sharing mutual interests, experiences, and activities. Mm. It's camaraderie, com, com, comradeship, friendship, friendliness, partnership. It's all of those things. Now, it is our responsibility to keep the fellowship between us and God going. But what you're saying is the relationship is a constant. 
It's God's constant. He keeps it's it. God's I, constant. I, I don't have the ability to yeah. keep that up. I guess, you know, the same could be said if I were to not contact my parents for 30 years. I wouldn't be in fellowship with them. Precisely. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have mutual interests or experiences, activities. But what I would have is still relationship. They're still my parents. Your dad is still your dad. Why is that? Because there's a blood connection. Right. So that's a bit of a different way to think about it, Absolutely. isn't it? Yeah. So when the devil tries to come in and confuse you and draw you out of that place, oftentimes we, we misinterpret what is actually taking place where we are in Christ Jesus. Mm, because that's constant. So yeah, God's 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 my father. Mm. He is my dad. Mm. That's con- he will not change that. There is nothing on this earth that will change his mind. That's very interesting because I remember, like last year, I was having a lot of trouble with um, feeling condemned, like feeling just like a bit of a, I guess you could just say loser, just feeling very worthless because of you know things that I was doing, habitual sin, that sort of thing. And you pointed me to that scripture in Romans 8, 1, which you can tell I memorized. There is no condemnation yep. for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yep. And back then, I was sort of, for those who are in Christ Jesus, that means I have to remain in him all the time. But what you're saying that to me now is that I am always in Christ Jesus. You're always there. So therefore, there is no condemnation. And, 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 and it's the love of God. This is, you know, I mean, it's, it's an incredible scripture. If you start meditating, it says, uh, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Mm. Nothing. There is yeah. nothing. Name it. There is nothing. Yeah. There's nothing the devil can do. There's nothing creation can do. Death can't do it. Nothing is going to be able to influence the relationship mm. between myself and God because the relationship is in God's hands to look after, not mine. I think that just, and that is so freeing because what I was just saying with Romans 8.1, mm. no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Now I can say, when condemnation comes, I can say, no, there is no condemnation. I'm in constant relationship with Christ. You don't have permission here, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You don't have a right to be here. Exactly. And so when the devil tries to come in and separate us from God, mm. can he, he, he can't even separate our fellowship. The only thing that separates our fellowship is when I sin. Is when we make the choice. When I make the choice to sin. Yeah. He can try and get us to choose. Yeah. But yeah. where's all the people who choose? To? Yeah, so the son, the son is sitting in his father's house and he's getting all these thoughts about, oh, it's much better out there in the world. Yeah, right. So he goes out and finds out, oh, well, it's not, it's not much better out there Grass in the world. Grass is not greener. Because the food they eat is pig food and I can't even fill my belly on pig food. They won't even give me that because I've run out of money and they've tapped me dry. So he goes back to his father's house. His father sees him a long way off. You know? Yeah. And the son comes in and 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 this is the this is a brilliant story. You should have heard you should have heard Graham Cook talk about it. I, I, I just love the way he was doing it. But there's a scripture I want to read here in Luke 15, verse 24. It says, "You know, the son comes in and starts talking to the father. Please, you know, I've done wrong and this, that, and the other, and make me a servant, and I'll be a servant in your house. This, that, and the other. Yeah. How often is that our mentality? Yeah." All the time. All right. And, and, and what, is, what is the father doing? The father, you know, while the son is jabbering away at him, he says, yes, son, okay, okay. He, what, what is the father doing? He's talking to the servants. Kill the fatted calf. We're having a feast. We're celebrating. Bring the robe. I'm going to clothe my son again. Bring me the ring. I'm going to give him authority again. And then this, is, this jumped out at me here. It says, 
For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they, so they began to celebrate. <laughs> All right. I mean, they began to have a party. Yeah. You know how how twisted does our thinking get with re- with regards to this relationship we're supposed to have with the Father? We get so religious. We get so caught up in this, but it's, a, it's, it's based on love. Yeah. Fellowship. Enjoyment. You know, going out to do missions together. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's so often we do come back with that attitude. We come back to try and start, you know, cultivating that relationship. And I'm doing those inverted commas. Yep. No podcast listeners can't see them. But, you know, we come back and we're sort of like, tell with like the sun, like the prodigal sun. We're like, oh, you know, woe, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Which is, you know, repent, well, right. Woe is me, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Yeah, you know, head down. But God's like, oh, I'm so happy. Mm. I'm so happy you've come back. Let's let's chat. Let's, let's you, have our fellowship again. You are my son. Yeah. You are my son. I think another thing that was... I can't remember the scripture, but another thing that really... Like, this makes me remember that was when God says, all your sins are forgotten. The moment you repent of them, they're for, I forget them. Yep. He chooses to forget we, your sins... Once they've repent, been repented of, he casts them into his sea of forgetfulness. He separates them from him, him and you, as far as the east is from the west. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, you know, <laughs> chosen am- amnesia. Go, go to God and say, Lord, remember when I did that? Nope. <laughs> and the devil will be jumping up. I do, I do, I do, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's this, he's that. And who do we listen to the most? Yeah, yeah. And it's I, I just want to make clear for something as well. We've talked in the past about how emotions can be something, you know, it can, can be up and down. And once again, we're talking about this constant relationship, which doesn't move with emotions. And so when you do repent, you repent and it's done. It's not, you don't get necessarily overwhelmed with a feeling of, oh, and relief, do you? And that can be a lot of the time the enemy coming in and yeah. trying to just like bog you down in that. Just, just remember when if, if we're talking about sins, because sin, sin will begin to break. Sin breaks the fellowship. It doesn't break the relationship. It breaks the fellowship. Fellowship, yes. Three, three as three general aspects of sin. It's a fault. It's a, it's a mistake, or it's a habitual sin. And we've talked about this yeah. in one if, of them. Yeah. If it's, if it's a mistake, God's process for us dealing with that is He says, ask every day for me to forgive for forgiveness of sins and forgive others every day mm-hmm. so it's a daily slate just get it cleaned every day get it, get that relationship going every day if it's a fault mm-hmm. you know the bible says we need to work out our salvation in fear and trembling we need to start working on these strongholds in our lives and and allow the holy spirit to come in and deal with these wounds so that we can get these strongholds out and call forth the 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 um giftings that these strongholds are are, are destroying and inhibiting mm-hmm. from being manifest in our lives if it's a, a habitual sin we've got to be careful because then god will take us through a process of discipline chastisement and then judgment yes you know and we've got examples of those things taking place within people's lives in the bible you know where god will come in and convict us of sin and he will speak to us through the Holy Spirit. He'll speak to us through our conscience. He'll speak to us through the Bible, various areas. And if we don't respond to that and get help in that, he'll mm-hmm. take us to the next level of chastisement, mm-hmm. which is a little bit of more, more, more intensive exposure and, 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 and dealing with. And yeah. then ultimately judgment. You know, he'll be, you, yes. and, 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 and also what we've got to remember is this whole process is there for restoration. Yeah. 
It's there to bring the son who was dead back to life and to bring the son who was missing back, lost it's, and found. It's not necessarily for so God that, that we're repenting, right? It's for us. It's to get our lives sorted out so our fellowship between us and God can get, be restored so that we can enjoy being children, princes and princesses of the Most High God and live in the palace and not yeah. the pigsty. Yeah, and when you say, like what you're saying, you know, you have to clean that slate every day every day but when you repent and when you clean it that's it's clean it's clean right when you repent it's clean you don't need to walk around the rest of the day thinking i'm a thief yep you know and live out of that because then you'll just start stealing again and again one uh, the, the 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 final thing i want to talk to you about with regards to that you know the first one the, the first point that we mentioned here is basically the the intimate relationship with the lord and the second one is to begin to understand what that relationship is now the third point in this and these are three points that you can go home and investigate and, and, and research. They are crucial. And the third point is, where does this take place? Where does this take where place? Where does this take place? Now you go read Ephesians chapter 1 and we, we are in Christ. Hmm. We are in Christ, seated in heavenly places with all spiritual blessing that are ours. But we live on earth. What? So what? <laughs> <laughs> We, we, we've, got to, we've, got to, we've got to begin to learn to operate from the throne room. And I'm going to go into that as we, as we go into the training. Now, we're going to deal with three things before we go into training. This is the first one, is our relationship with God and God's relationship with us. The second one is we're going to just, ex and that's the next podcast, examine a little bit about who we are and, and, and things that affect us. Mm -hmm. And the third one is basically we're going to look a little bit at, look, look at a little bit about the enemy army and how he attacks us. Before we, we will go into that in depth. Okay. We will definitely do that. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, then we will go into the training aspect of it, where we will begin to learn all about these things and how to how to apply this, how to live from this position. Mm. Remember what the aim of war is: invincibility, mm. victory without fighting in Christ we have that mm. now we need to learn how to use that now there's a bit of a contradiction that's going to come out now a little bit of a tension you know because when I spoke about the scripture in Romans it says what will separate us from the love of God what will take us out of this throne room nothing on earth except myself mm -hmm. yet it mentions certain things that are not pleasant demons mm. death naked you know? nakedness nakedness all this kind of stuff all this attack all this warfare so we we are living our lives in 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 in, in the world and we are extending the kingdom of god and now we need to get a and, and this is one of the aspects we need to look at is as is, is redefine our kingdom uh, thinking and so we need we, we need to begin to learn how to operate from that and a brilliant way to brilliant illustration of this is going to study job go and study job go study job you you'll get a you get a perspective of what happens in heaven and what happens on earth but we you got to remember in the new testament context we are in christ in heaven mm. and we need to learn to operate from the victory that is already ours in christ mm. and that's why we need to learn that relationship and we need to keep that fellowship going if we can keep those two things secure, well, the one is secure. If we can keep the fellowship secure, 
the enemy has great difficulty coming against us because we will have victory all the time. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd like to spend more time on, 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 on that place of, of being in the throne room and I, I probably will spend a podcast on it at a later stage but I just wanted to get that yeah three points out there quickly. Yeah, no, that's good. And we'll finish up there because we have gone a bit over time today but that's okay. You're enjoyable to listen to, David. Oh, thank you, Ben. I like listening <laughs> to you. Um, just, just to reiterate what we said last week though, we gave you guys some homework which was the six warriors from 300 and identifying which warrior you are and I just wanted to suggest to people who are maybe new to the podcast... Um, to go back and listen to that one because we will be speaking directly to those to that homework, won't we, in a yep. future podcast? Absolutely, because because what we're going to be doing is we're going to be analysing what warrior you are in the throne room. Right, so this will be part of training. This is That's where... part of training. Awesome. We'll be going into it in depth. Alright, cool. Well, thanks for listening very much, guys. And that's it, really. I guess we'll see you next week. Thanks again. Have a great week. See ya.